Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the show. We must be getting high 30s now, I think, Mark, with the episode count. So that's fantastic. I have had a, a busy day, Mark. What uh, What about you, pal? Have you been in surgery today? Nope. I've had a good day off today, so it's uh, been chilling out. A bit of golf, not very good. And then went to practice and then I, uh, I walked the dog for about... Oh, Walked into it, it was on his knees. You kicked the dog when you got home from golf, and uh, no, I didn't <laughs> kick it <laughs> oh, it's it's a funny game, golf, isn't it? When you, uh, what do you like? Do you kind of does it spoil your day if you have a bad round? Are you that like kind of you know way, or is it like that's what? I'd like to say I was a Zen golfer and took everything by, uh, in its stride, but I'm, uh, uh, there was one, there was one time, I don't know if anyone knows where I play McKenna, I play McKenna, and there's a, Yes, I played McKenna. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a load of really nice houses out, uh, right in the back of the, um, fifth one of the tees. Yeah, I know. And like I, was standing those, I was standing on one of those tees and I hit an absolute shocker. And, well, I didn't know this, but there was a woman coming out with, three glasses of orange juice onto a, a tattoo with her husband and I let loose with the most unbelievable expletive she just turned around and walked straight back in <laughs> so I, yeah I, I'm a, my wife can tell when I've had a good game but I've been playing quite well recently so oh it's frustrating yeah oh mate this is, it's a tough course that uh, so you play the, the big boy stuff you know uh, pitch and putt is about my limit these days so, uh, yeah, there we go. Great. Um, yeah, anything that with you? I, you always ask me about me, but I always forget to ask about you. Yeah, all good, mate. Um, we, what have we done there? Uh, it's kind of school holiday time. So we've been, in, we got, we did the Royal Welsh a couple of weeks ago. That was fantastic. Uh, me and my son went up for the day. I recommend that to anybody who ever gets the chance to experience it. The weather was fantastic and what a, what a spectacle it is. You know, it was, uh, so, so, um, impressive. And um, cracking on, I've converted uh, my garage at home into an office, and uh, I've um, I've written lots about that on the blog, and uh, people laughing about me and uh, my toolbox, which is it, it comprises of a Swiss Army knife, a toffee hammer, and a, and a, a screwdriver. I had in Christmas cracker about three years ago. So, um, yeah, been doing a bit of DIY with my tools, you know, uh, getting uh, my hands dirty. So. Yeah, it's all busy, Mark. Family life, you know. It's um, never, never a dull moment, or should I say, never a bloody moment. Aye. To yourself. Okay, cool. So, first question. Um, it's a lady who called me up. She was making some inquiries. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, from Joanne. I'm not sure if this is her exact age, but she's about forty, forty-one. 
Can you exercise with exercise-induced asthma? Hmm. Mark, I, yeah, I know the answer, but do you want to... Because she actually said to me, my GP has said, I won't say, but what, what, what would you say? Of course you can exercise. It's very, there's oh, loads of famous God. people who've, yeah. who've been great athletes. I mean, I, maybe before your time, there's a, there's a um, high hurdler called Pasco, mm. Dave Pasco, who was, uh, he won, I don't know any medals he won. He had exercise induced asthma. Ian Botham, he's got exercise induced asthma. Right, yeah. What about her name? Ad, Adeline, Rebecca Ad, Adlington, the yeah, swimmer. Adeline, the She's got uh, bad asthma and all that sort of stuff. I mean, the first thing we should say is anyone with asthma can have exercise induced asthma. I mean, I used to have asthma, and if I, if I did a lot of exercise, I'd get an asthma attack. Anyone yeah. can. But there is a separate thing called exercise-induced asthma, which is a sort of subsect of asthma, where people get it after about 10 minutes of, as- of uh, exercise. They don't get asthma any other time. They just get it when they exercise. Now, okay, it's just it's asthma still. So you can, you can still exercise, all right? Now, to try and prevent it, all right, you need to warm up first, all right? You need to warm up for at least 10 minutes. And the, the reason you get this exercise-induced asthma is because you tend to mouth-breathe. All right, well, because most people breathe through their nose normally, which makes the the air more humid. In other words, so you've got moist air, but if you breathe, start getting, you know, exercising, you breathe through your mouth because you're, you're breathing hard, and it, of course there's no humidified air then. So you need to warm up first, okay? Um, you need, if you're exercising outside in the cold, I would, I would wear something over your, over your face to, to make the, the, you know, something like a balaclava or something. That sounds daft. But if, you, if you're in, in the yeah, cold, yeah, and you put a scarf or something, yeah. it, it will it will humidify the air then for you. Okay. Yeah. So the other thing to do is to take your subbutamol inhaler, which is a beta agonist inhaler, before you exercise. There is no reason why you shouldn't exercise whatsoever. So if this woman gets arrested for running around with a balaclava on, round round sketty, and wa- worrying all these, uh, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. But yeah, I, I know uh, the the theory behind that, as you say, and I know a lot of people who have got a terrible bad chest, and the cold is the worst time, and the wind um, is is tough for them. But yeah, as Mark said, uh, the opposite of what the other GP said um, to this lady, she emailed me on, contacted me, and said. My doctor said I can't exercise because I've had exercise-induced asthma. So it's it's frustrating and it's embarrassing. It's it's like there is a caveat to that. Though. There are some people who have got very, very, very brittle asthma who end up in hospital if they get an asthma attack. So if she's one of these people who ends up in hospital three times a month, then there is a reason that she, she's not her asthma's not well enough controlled and she does need to get well controlled before she exercises. But if she's a person yeah. who only gets asthma when she exercises. It doesn't hospitalise her. There's no reason why she should exercise. No, and and also like you know, as we say, to take it to the extreme uh, point of somebody who was like that, and even in that case, they can still exercise because yeah. these people have to live. They yeah. either they either have to live or they're going to become disabled because of asthma and like just stay. So basically, you you have to start with activities of daily living, and you build it up from there. So it's it's exercise is different. People think of exercise as going to the gym and jumping around or whatever, but Exercise for somebody who's eighty is can be, you know, just doing your 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 chores and your activities and going um, for a little walk and so it's, it's all relative, guys. Okay, whatever um, uh, level you're at uh, is is where you have to to push off from. So um, there's always something you can do, even if you're exercising um, in a chair. Okay, I've had people who started to exercise in a chair, get going. Next thing, they're standing up behind the chair, holding on to the chair, exercising, standing up, holding a chair, 
next thing they're walking, next thing they're doing exercises. So, you know, in the space of, you know, six, nine, 12 months, you can go from hardly being able to get out of a chair to being fit uh, enough to walk a mile. And if you couldn't bloody walk, and then now somebody's giving you that gift back, I tell you what, these people are, are so appreciative, you know. So um, it's um, it's always something you can do, guys. Yeah, I, I, have, you, have you got Sky? Yeah, yeah, we got it's the old Sky. With Chris Hoy and the fat guy about cycling. I mean, that's the most up- uplifting thing. I mean, I haven't watched much of the Commonwealth Games, but I've watched um, no. this advert on Sky. Right. About this bloke who saw Chris Hoy come into the 2012 Olympics waving a flag and he thought, he's a cyclist, I could do that. And he saw, you know, Pendleton and and all the others, uh, you know, Chris Wiggins. He thought I can I can exercise. He was twenty seven stone, and they showed him now exercising. He's about thirteen stone, and it was because of the Olympics that in seeing that sort of spectacle that he got on his bike and he's brilliant, brilliant. Him and Chris Hoy cycling together. Oh, fabulous! He comes down down to a normal weight, and he's he, he was full of it. And it's, it's, if you see it, so it, it does. It's an uplifting advert. Not what, many of those, yeah. What about the chap as well? Why we're on the subject because it's topical to Commonwealth and stuff. Just uh, finished the chap, the Scottish athlete who used to uh, smoke forty fags a day and uh, tenth, drink loads of. He came tenth yeah. in the marathon. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Oh, yeah. class, fair play. I got yeah. a friend who never ran, and I know a couple of people like this as well. Another guy at the gym springs to mind, James. They didn't run until they were like in their thirties or forties. And they run like the wind. My mate was running like, um, like triple A, um, marathon times, like within a month of, of running. Uh, it, it, you know, uh, they, these people, it's like dormant, <laughs> yeah, dormant talent, which they've never tapped into, sort of thing, freaky. Um, I'm still sort waiting of, for my talent. Yeah, mind. yeah, me too. It's, uh, <laughs> oh, great. So, um, it's good. There's, there's people out there, as you say, it's, 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 it's inspirational. So. Okay, so we've done that question. Okay, this is another one now, uh, a long one, but important, and uh, one for you, Mark. Okay, Rich and Dr. Mark, I tried to keep the details brief, but let me just say you didn't manage it, Amanda. Uh, And it's good, we like the detail. In April 2013, two days after treatment in A&E for a ruptured disc, I was admitted to Morrison Hospital with stomach and throat pain. Pain is an understatement. I'm being very brave here. And endoscopy confirmed multiple chronic gastric ulcers, moderate duodenus, and a small sliding hiatus hernia. The drug treatment provided in A&E for my back two days before it apparently irritated an existing, although unknown, stomach condition. Leading up to this episode, I'd been feeling unwell for quite a few weeks or months, generally out of sorts, nauseous, etc., and uh, the trouble is when you're approaching 50 and a woman, everything gets blamed on the menopause. So I don't actually know how long I'd had ulcers for. 18 months prior to that, I had a very nasty episode where my back went into spasm and GB prescribed strong ibuprofen as well as diazepam and some other things. My back was very sore for about two months when it went in and out of spasm daily. And during this time, I suppose I took quite a few painkillers. <coughs> it was suggested that this was probably the ulcer start, although I suppose it's difficult to be sure. Other than this time, I've hardly used painkillers. After the ulcer diagnosis, I was prescribed uh, omazepol. Omeprazole. even. I was prescribed 80 milligrams of omeprazole daily. 
A follow-up endoscopy eight weeks later showed everything settling down and healing nicely, but they told me to continue with the medication until otherwise instructed by my GP. A few months, for a few months, I took 80. Then after seeing my GP, I reduced to 20. I haven't seen my GP for months. I collected a repeat prescription. So I currently continue to take 20 milligrams a day. The whole episode involving my back stomach gave me a very nasty shock. Badly dented my price, as I always believed I was very fit. I looked after myself in every which way for a very long time, so now I take even more care and I'm conscious of what I eat and drink <coughs> and use. Uh, avoid anything that could possibly irritate me, including people. <laughs> my question is, is it now safe to stop the Omazepol altogether, Omeprazole altogether? I'm conscious that it may have long-term side effects and I don't particularly like taking medication. <clears throat> if the ulcers were caused by ibuprofen, then surely, logically, it, if I avoid the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, then I'm safe. Is there anything else you and the GP can suggest that I can do to help myself avoid this from ever happening again? I put this bit in. Amanda was also a vegetarian and she's a fantastic runner as well. So um, she's... um. She looks about 35, Mark. She's in great uh, condition, you know. Right, okay. And which way do we start here? Yeah, well, the the first question, should she carry on taking it, I suppose? Um, Right, okay. Now, first thing she needs to do is, I wonder if she's had had something called helicobacter pylori levels. Yes. I'm sure she will have had it done. Yes, she has. And if she's negative, that's fine. Because helicobacter pylori... It's quite, it's a common bacterial infection that affects many, many people over the age of 40. 50% and, of people over 50. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a large proportion, uh, but does, it does, um, give you an increased chance of ulcers. But the main reason why she got the ulcers is the non-steroids. Non-steroids are not a safe drug. I mean, we, it's a drug we try not to prescribe as, much, as little as possible because they can cause stomach ulcers. And you can get stomach ulcers after taking one tablet. I mean, it's not wow. it that bad. All right. I've had people that I've given on steroids to that come back with black poo the next day. In other words, they've bled like hell. Oh and they've God. been admitted and they've got a stomach ulcer. And I feel crap because you've done that. You know, you're, and, you, and, you and, cause that problem. Sorry to interrupt, Mark. Is this even if you take them with food or is this if people take... make a difference. With food, Honest to God. They are not a particularly safe drug to take, especially long-term, but it can happen just short-term as well. You can, you can take one or two of these tablets... And you can get, you can bleed straight away. So they're, they're what I call a dirty drug. I mean, I, I, I prescribe them, I prescribe them every week, but mm. I tend to prescribe them nowadays, especially in the older people with an episode cover, a small dose of episode. If I'm going to prescribe them, I try not to prescribe them, but I'm going to prescribe them. I'll use an episode cover short term while they're on them just to prevent that horrible side effect. So if they are going to do, go on, sorry, I'll, I'll keep my question. Go on. Okay, no, ask away. Go if on. they're going to do something to protect, if I can do something to protect my gut, as in I, as a listener, we as listeners can do something to protect our stomach if we're going to take some brufin or whatever. Then yeah. is it just normal gut protection stuff, like for example, like live yogurt or a probiotic or something? Yeah, that, would help? That was, I'll come on to that in a minute. Right, it, okay, it, thanks. What you can do to protect it, but if you're going to take if you're going to take an osteoidal, I would take an episode with it every time, right? right? Because you cannot tell whether you're going to get a gut problem. You may have taken it for six months, maybe for one day. You cannot tell. And I think you can have all the gut protection in the world. There's still a, a foreign substance that's coming in. If you're so sensitive to it, you're going to get problems. So, right. yeah, I mean, I. I as far as that, that probably triggered it. The first episode of back pain probably triggered it to get the ulcers. And then the second uh, episode made it a lot worse, obviously. All right. So, yes. 
Now she's not taking Adnostrels anymore. She's um, she's had um, the ulcers are clearing. If she's not got any symptoms anymore, what I would do is go every other day for a week and then stop them and see what happens. Because she will she will feel herself. She'll know herself if, if she's got any problems coming back. But what she can do. What problems might she anticipate? Uh, stomach pain, she'll get some, stomach pain and stuff like that. Right, okay. The classic sort of heartburn is not really a sign of, gut, of, of ulcers. It's a sign of reflux. I mean, she, she'll get stomach pain, especially when she hasn't eaten. But right. to be perfectly honest, if she was healthy beforehand, it's going to be the non-steroidals. So I, I think it's she's, she, you know, she's, how long has she been on them? I can't remember. Uh, the Omeprazole? Yeah, how long has she been on it? Uh, altogether now, um, so April 2013. So oh, right. yeah, she can stop them now, yeah. She, yeah. she just come off them, you know, Every other day for a week to see what happens, because I mean, you know, if she's got problems still, she's going to know. It. Even if she's taking it every other day, she's going to notice it, right? So every other day for a week, and then she could probably stop them. It might be worth having a chat with the doctor because he, he has obviously got more information than me. But uh, she certainly should should be thinking about stopping them because Omeprazole has got long term side effects. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she it, was it, telling me it's, it, uh... it can cause you know, to have uh, more gut infections because the acid's there for a reason. Yes, is there for a reason. It's there to protect you from things like Clostridium, etc., and all the other bugs that can cause nasty, st- nasty problems. It can cause um, problems with low magnesium, and that's becoming quite common. I've seen in a couple of people with low magnesium caused by omeprazole. Yeah. And if you get low magnesium, you get tetany and all sorts of real nasty problems. So it's not a, it's not, it's not a completely clean drug. It's a, it's a drug I took for probably fifteen years when I had you know, reflux until I decided that I wasn't going to take it anymore. And uh, Yourself off it now. The only problem with weaning yourself off omeprazole, okay, you can get a rebound, um, especially if it's for reflux. I mean, she's got a sliding head turn, she, she may have a bit of reflux. If you take it for reflux, which is what most people take omeprazole for, you will get a rebound extra acidity, all right? So it is worth taking either Gaviscon if it's for reflux or Rennies if it's for us or Rennies or some other antacids uh, and take cool. loads of it while you're coming off it. What about, um, Cider vinegar, is it, or white wine, wine vinegar? For yeah, you for, could, but I mean, because that's a fantastic natural remedy. Yeah, but, it, but it, we're talking about coming off a drug rather yeah. than just if you're generally healthy. Yes, because yes. Not coming off the drug, you, you probably, I, I, for personal experience, I had to drink Gaviscon by the bottle as I came off it. And but then that helped. Uh, right. So. Get, a, get yourself a load of Gaviscon when you come off it because you may need it. But, so that, that'll help the kind of the, the weaning off process and then yeah, obviously you can, you can come off the Gaviscon as well and absolutely. then you'll be right. Absolutely. Okay, great. There we are. Well, that's a, again, Mark, Absolute, personal yeah. experience. Brilliant. I'm, yes. I'm for it. Okay. Now, if you want to keep your, your gut healthy and not get any more uh, ulcers, yes. things, things you can do. Vitamin E is very good to protect you uh, against ulcers. Bananas, they have, they have um, stuff in them that help protect the gastric. The um, the uh, gastrointestinal tract. Honey's pretty good. Yeah. Garlic's excellent because it lowers your H. pylori, and especially cabbage. Cabbage is extremely good, and any fermented foods that'll help as well. Licorice is also very good, and good old capsaicin, which in other words, things like uh, chilies. There, everyone says oh, good enough, so you can't take a curry. No, you can have a curry if you have, if you have it. Brilliant. Okay, so but the big thing is alcohol is not a good one either. As, as no, I said, she doesn't drink. No, she's she's. she's uh, so no. if she doesn't drink. She doesn't take anti-inflammatory. She should be perfectly safe to come yeah, off the yeah. episode. But she may have a little bump as she comes off it because she may get a bit of rebound uh, extra acid. There we are. Well, that's fantastic. You, 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 she's going to be chuffed with that uh, answer there. So thank you, Mark, very much. Okay, next question. Two to go. So that was quite lengthy questions. Those. Uh, 
Hi, Richard Mark. I'm trying to get fitter, but my family are not as keen as me. How can I get my family involved in fitness? Uh, Jeff, 44. Um, so, I've only got a very small bit on this. Mm. It's impossible to get your family involved in fitness, especially if you become a sort of um, obsessional about it yourself. They, they sort of, it's a bit like the last smoker in the village. If you're, if you're a smoker and you give up, all the other smokers hate you. Yeah. And it's, it's a bit like, um, if you become fit and lose loads of weight, all the rest of the family feel guilty and they, they sort of pull away. So really they've got to, they've got to do it themselves. And you, yeah. if you, the more you preach at them, the worse they'll be. So they've got to sort of, this way to do it is just to leave them, see how much healthier, more vitality and let them ask you questions rather than you preach to them. I know that I've been there, I've preached to my family and they just, you know, look to me, you know, as I've got three heads. So you, you, you have to let them see, see that you're doing, being healthy. And then let them come to you to ask you questions, and then they feel as it's on their terms. But that's that's all I've got. You, you well, know. that's all I had as well, Pat. So <laughs> you you got me in one. No, spot on, Mark. Fair play. That's exactly what I would have said because um, it's monkey see, monkey do. You you can't tell people what to do. You can show them. You can, yeah. and especially uh, your family and friends. They're the worst. Um, to see my mother and. Um, uh, not my father so much now. In fairness, he he pretty much um, listens to most of the tips and, and advice I try to give him. But my mother, she, you know, unless he's come off the GP, she ain't doing it sort of thing. Well. So um, it's hard to help your family and all that sort of stuff. But if um, you know, like f- just exactly like for example, like I I know iron men who are doing fifteen hours training, but then like. You know, their missus doesn't do anything, the kids don't do anything, and like this causing a bit of a separation in the family. And um, there has been divorces known, and they call them triathlon or Ironman widows um, because basically the training overtakes it. So you've got to be careful that that you're not trying to, as you say, force it on them. And and uh, exactly as Mark said, but if you can do stuff that's fun and just like with them not even realizing. Go down the leisure centre and go down the slides and, you know, go uh, uh, for a walk uh, down the woods or the beach or uh, go on the climbing wall again in the LC2, which is fantastic, or, or, or do just do something that they like, something they enjoy. Bowling, 10-pin bowling, um, all these things is, um, you know, it's just to get the ball uh, rolling. Uh, so. I mean, I, I've, got, I've got a story about people not believing that I'm a doctor. I mean, I... Our neighbour came came across and he'd hurt his, his toe and I, I've known him since he was a small kid. And his father, who, who I, obviously I know him as well, he'd been out chopping wood or something and he'd fallen in a, a load of dung, all right? And he was he was sitting there with me. We were sitting there and Jack comes across his son and says, what do I do about this? I've hurt my toe. So I gave him my advice and then Phil gave him a completely different advice. And Jack's looking at me, looking at Phil, looking at me, looking at me. I said to him, Jack, who are you going to believe? Doctor or man who smells of dung? And he was, like, he was like, oh, that's like, fair, fair point. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, but just, you know, just because you're a doctor, you know, yeah. Family never believe in you, Class. Oh, yeah. Well, um, it's it's funny you don't carry the, the credibility with your phone family you or don't. whatever it is. Or the, but then they, I have people over the years, they come and, like, you have had this, I guarantee as well. They say to me, mums and dads, or even husbands and wives, they say, do me a favour, tell this or tell them this or tell and it's only what the wife or the husband or the mum has been trying to tell the, the kid for ages but as soon as I say it oh Richard said uh, I gotta do that now whereas 
I've only said what their parents have already told them. I've only said so. Yeah, coming from the right person, it's a funny thing, and we're a bit weird as humans like that, aren't we? So there we go. Okay, so the last question, another one for Rob, and it's uh, too much time on his hands. Um, only joking, Rob. We know we love you, mate. Um, overview. Here we go. Uh, he was training pretty hard last week. He was doing his gym work, uh, which is like weights um, training and with his endurance stuff. But after last Thursday, Friday, he got a sore throat. On Saturday and Sunday, he had a runny nose. On Monday, it's onto his chest. Uh, he's pissed off uh, because he was really enjoying his exercise. But he's also uh, aware that the stress... Uh, of the exercises maybe contributed in catching a bug. He thinks that there's a few things that could have caused the, the in catching the bug. Like he used breathing apparatus in work, uh, used a public swimming pool, he used a steam room and a spa in the hotel. Um, so he's not sure what caused it. And again, as I say, Rob's overthinking this a little bit here. But um, it, it's good that he really gets it, Rob does, and he really understands the logic of it all. So he's given it all a good thought, but he suffers from something I used to suffer from, and it's paralysis by analysis. You start like trying to look for like answers and stuff when really it's, there's, there's no, it's so multifaceted. Nobody knows the answer. There is no answer. Just because there's a question doesn't mean there's an answer. So anyway, Rob goes on to say that the, you know, he was sleeping well. He doesn't drink alcohol. He takes alkalizing salts. He takes greens. He, he's he's you know taking his vitamins and his, his fish oils and his probiotics. He's taking all of his bit, bits and pieces. He's supplementing well. He's training hard and he's gone down like a lead balloon. So when he went down, he carried on training. He done a forty k bike ride and a ten k run in those few days. Um, but with that, the cold got worse, not better. He went onto his chest. So he decided to knock all the, uh, the stuff on the head and he's going to do gentle rides, stretch his legs, da -da -da -da, do yoga and all this sort of stuff. So uh, let me just say now, there's a lot of people out there, um, who are like this. Okay. They are getting ill because their training volume is high or whatever. And they, to try and train through it. And then instead of a cold staying as a cold or even a throat, sore throat, it does go on to the chest. So the first thing uh, I, I say to Rob here is, you know, as a general rule of thumb, when you feel a little bit of a sniffle or a cold, you've got to back off. So you should have gone straight into the gentle rides if you really wanted to carry on training. Or the next thing I was going to say was, Quite often, the body will, with athletes, especially when you're training this this much, the body goes into what's called an adaptation. And like Mark said in the previous episode of the show, where he has a week off every six weeks. Now, if I were designing a program for an athlete, I'd plan in a light week every, you know, five to six weeks to try to induce little adaptations. So basically what the body does, and this is why it's hard to explain these things when people type you an email, but your body shuts down, the symptoms are sore throat and illness, and when it is, or while it is ill and shut down, it actually doubles the number and size of the mitochondria. 
So when you come back, your performance is elevated because basically you put a stress on the body training and the body said, right, well, I can't deal with this stress anymore. So I'm going to go away and get stronger and adapt. So I can deal with the stress. So, um, that is what I think has uh, led to, to Rob be get, getting ill is he, his body wants to or needs to adapt and he just needed to back off a little bit more on his training. So, uh, but anyway, that's uh, what, uh, what What do you say to Rob on all that sort of stuff, mate? Uh, I, think, I think you've got that right, absolutely. The, the thing about colds, coughs, any virus, any bacteria, anything, it's not about virulence of the bacteria, unless it's Ebola. It's not about the virulence of the bacteria. It's about the actual host. It's the immune about, system, yeah. Yeah, so if your immune system is good, you ain't going to pick up the, the, um, the bugs. I mean, I, I work with people with bugs all day long. You yeah. never get a cold. No. But some of my partners are always ill because yeah. they're not very healthy. Yes. So, so you, it's about you being as healthy as you can. You will get bugs. I get bugs occasionally. And there's nothing that you can do about it because you've done everything you can. Yeah. And sometimes it just slips through because maybe you've overtrained, maybe you didn't get enough sleep, etc. Now, if you want to sort of improve your immune system, there's, there's several ways you can do it. The first thing of all is what we always say. It's a nutrient dense, toxic free diet. In other words, don't eat sugar, unprepared grains, industrial seed oils, and processed and refined foods. That's the first. Yeah, he's doing all that right stuff, know, Rob. So as you say, yeah, 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 totally. Um, the other thing is that we said this about this in the, in the previous episode. There's a lot of evidence that if you eat cod liver oil or, or um, uh, cod liver oil and uh, butter oil extract, you can you can help. But uh, just eating butter and uh, and omega three will do the same thing. So if you eat butter and omega three, that helps. If you eat liver, that helps. Bone broth gives you a lot of uh, yeah. good stuff. And we've talked about bone broth before. It's excellent. Brilliant. Probiotics, fermented foods, they're all good. Vitamin C during the winter, there's some evidence that vitamin C makes a difference. Vitamin D, well, it makes a difference to everything. Um, and sleep and rest. I mean, yeah. they're the things. Yeah. So, I mean, they're the things to prevent it. And I think we've got a question come up in a later episode about when you've actually got a cold. So I'll save the what you can do when you've got a cold for that. Yeah. So, it's kind of, yeah, great, and that's a good point because that's similar, really. Yeah, but yeah, you should have just backed off a backed bit, bit sooner. That's all. Just back off. Listen to your body and don't be such an addict. And my least favorite types of people are addicted endurance people because they yeah. do my freaking head in because they want everything, but they don't <laughs> want to take any of your advice. They only want to take the advice that they like the sound of. If they if it, your advice does anything about them taking any time away from training they like oh okay i'll go and find you know what i mean find somebody else or whatever but yeah they do my head in sometimes and um they are so addicted to the training they can't back off so rob is not in this category i, I will say in fairness he's just a committed guy and if it's on his program he kind of does it and he's one of these kind of people who you know He's, he just follows, he's regimented, he's proper. If I told him to stand on one leg all day because it's going to help him, he'd do it. He's really kind of intense guy. He's committed, he's dedicated. So um, he's a smart cookie as well, Rob, very intelligent. So he knows now, he'll learn about what we've just said about his immune system. And next time he feels like that going into a, a weekend, he probably wouldn't stick to his his, his planned schedule as it were. So um, that's my... Uh, Penneth worth on that sort of thing. So there we are. Another uh, four questions done, Mark. Half an hour show. Bit of depth in some of those questions there. Okay, good. Great. Thank you very much, everybody. 
you know, the score, leave us a review and uh, send us your questions. Thank you very much and uh, continue to, I uh, hope you continue to enjoy the show as much as we are. Take care. Bye-bye from me. I'm back. You, Me and the GP Radio Show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk.